Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. There's a theme that somewhat runs throughout the scriptures. Uh, These scriptures always humble me in preparation. But a theme that I took note of was rejection. There's a theme that runs in Ezekiel in the Gospel reading. You see, Christ, whether in Nazareth, Capernaum, or wherever it may be, most of them say Nazareth, um, he preaches. Teacher of teachers in the teaching place, in the place of teachers, a lecture series we'd all sign up for. But he's rejected at that lecture series. He's spoken against. See, what they do is they take issue with this person. They don't take so much of an issue with his message, it seems, but the message of Christ is about the person of Christ, so I guess they do take issue with the message then as well. But isn't that the way I think it humanly goes? If we can't get at the message, if we can't find something false or wrong with the message, how can we still reject it? Attack the person. After all, the person's a sinner, You'll have plenty of fodder and places to go with and reasons to not listen to that person. Maybe they could have been a better public speaker or their hand motions were distracting too much or something. So Christ is rejected. He's rejected over his person. Now it's not over his hand motions or whether or not He was nice to somebody on a certain occasion. No, he's rejected over his person because they bring up his birth and they say, Hey, 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 wasn't something fishy going on 30-some years ago between Mary and Joseph? That was the talk of the town back then. Obviously not confessing the virgin birth or the conception by the Holy Spirit. Christ sends the twelve out with his authority as his ambassadors, bearing his authority, the authority of the King of Kings, To cast out demons. And they do cast out demons. Yet he warns them and he says, hey, don't expect success. There's going to be times where you're going to go and you're going to have to shake the dust off your feet. You are going to bring a message from the Prince of Peace himself that is the proclamation of peace and sins forgiven and reconciliation. And some people are going to hate you for it. Shake the dust off your feet and go. You can walk away. Why would someone reject? Why would someone reject Jesus or those that he sent out two by two? Well, it's in our nature. Ezekiel speaks of it rather well, given with the words of the Lord. Nation of rebels, that's who he's sent to. Whose fathers transgressed, they're just like their dad. The apple didn't fall too far from the tree. Descendants, what are they like? How are they raising their kids? They're stubborn. They're mules. They're jerks. A rebellious house, the whole lot of them. Now, it may be easy for us here, so many years removed, to lob the mortar at them from a distance. And to speak ill of them and call them rebels and say, oh, let's pat ourselves on the back because we haven't been so. But of course we'd be wrong. I would say take a gander at least for a moment into the mirror of God's law. Do you reject God's word? 
Do you reject the message? Or do you reject the messenger or something like this? Well, such an easy one right down the middle of the plate has to be met with a no on a Sunday morning in a pew. Of course I don't. I'm here to listen to it. Okay. Have you sinned this week? I think you all said it earlier. I am a poor, miserable sinner. I am part of that rebellious nation and people, like my fathers were, like my children are. I am rebellious. I am a sinner. I've left out the good that I should have done, and I haven't done the good that I should be doing. I have sinned. And any single sin, whatever it may be, small, great, or even unknown to you, that is a rejection of God's word, and that is you usurping God's authority and kicking him off the throne and saying, I know better. Or maybe it's a little bit more manipulative of God's word to say, Oh, well, I'm a sinner, of course, but I would never reject his word. I, I just know that I'm, I'm forgiven and, and I, and I go on and I can continue in this particular sin and act as if God's gonna play by my rules. He's got to. I know the buttons to push on God. You're still kicking him off the throne and you're still having him become the puppet and you become the puppet master. You become the person who puts the quarters into the vending machine and God better do his job or he's going to get hit on the side a whole lot and kicked until he puts out what he should put out. Manipulating God. Acting as if we are God and not him. Rejecting the message. Rebels, the whole lot of us. So, to recap for a moment, what reason might there be to reject the message? Well, the messenger, that's an easy one. Go after him. Attack the messenger, you won't listen to the message. Who cares? And what's the messenger left to do but shake the dust off his or her feet and walk away? What reason might there be to reject the message? Maybe it's not so much an overt or even subtle roundabout attack on God as God. But maybe it's that life's hard. Look at the epistle reading. Look at the end of it, what Paul's boasting in. All sorts of troubles and hardships and thorns in the flesh. And sometimes these thorns in the flesh, these difficulties, these hardships, these impairments, whatever they may be. And a lot of times they're big. Those cause us to question, to doubt, to even despair and deny God. Life's hard. The cross is hard. And sometimes, instead of the cross being the test that we go on boasting in and realizing that the grace of God is sufficient for us in the midst of that, we say, if God's going to be like this, I don't want him. So look at Paul again. He who was beaten so many times, shipwrecked, 
bitten by snakes, all the thing. And try, try and emulate his example and boast. We will fail. We will fail. In the end, what reason could there be to reject the message? We're a rebellious people. It's in our stubborn, original sin hearts. The Adam blood is still pumping through us that says, I want to be God. I want to know good and evil and judge it for myself. I don't want God to have any say. Or if he has some say, just have him say the nice things that I agree with. Okay. But what reasons might there then be to accept? Okay. Look at God. While we were yet sinners, rebellious, rejecting him, stubborn, dead in our trespasses, fathers were before us, so are we, so are we raising our children. The original sin infects us all, dead. Christ died for you. Nothing you did contributed or motivated him or said, you know what, oh shucks, I better go, you know, they put in the two quarters, I gotta go become man now. I've got to, oh, they're pulling the string now. I better go to the cross and die for them. No, his love for you, his father's will for you, that you would not be left stubborn, rebellious, rejecting people, but that he would send forth his word and through the Holy Spirit, you would hear this wonderful message that the Savior went to the cross to bleed and to die, to take away your sins, to take away your death, to make you new because you can't do it yourself. You can't even do it with a boost. You can't even do it if God does 99.9% of it and you add 0.1 or 0.01 or 0.0001. No, God must do it for you. You are saved by grace and let grace be grace. That's your God's love for you. That he didn't leave you a rebellious people, but he made you into his own people. By his blood, by his death, by his love for you, that has brought to you this wonderful word of good news. You see, what reason might there be to accept? It's not your call, it's not your choice, it's God's choice of you. Note what he said to Ezekiel. It's a, it's a wonderful passage, and I read it too fast. I should have paused. But he says, stand up, Ezekiel. Get on up. And what does Ezekiel do? Okay, yes, sir. Reporting for duty. He's still face planting before the Lord in humility because of his abject sin. He knows himself as a rebellious one who is unholy, caught up into the presence of the holy. The holy one even says, stand, and he can't. What has to happen? The Holy Spirit has to work through that word to cause Ezekiel to stand. He can't do it on his own, period. It's the Spirit that makes him stand. And so I say to you, these are sometimes called strangely gospel imperatives, commands, demands, do this. And you think, well, that's something that I best be doing. I have to make that call, decision, etc. No. 
The power is in the word itself. And so when the word says, repent, you don't say, okay, well, we better go put that on my checklist to do. No, you find yourself noting that you are a rebellious sinner because the Holy Spirit is working upon your heart, convicting you of your sin. That's his job, according to the scriptures. To convict you of your sin. To convict the world of righteousness. To show forth true righteousness is Jesus Christ. Not your own righteousness as if you're going to bring your works to God and just kind of say, here, aren't they nice and shiny? I know it's not enough. But I tried. Trying is not meeting the line. Trying is not enough before God. Because he can see right through your sham. He can see right behind your mask. And he knows you didn't. You're a rebellious people. The only righteousness you have is mine. Why are you making it so hard on yourselves then, dear Christian? Why? Your Savior has died for you. Your Savior is risen for you. Your Savior will come again for you. So repent. Turn from your sins. Put them away and believe the good news and stop being so self-righteous and self-justified to say, I never did no wrong. And I have full confidence in the Holy Spirit as the Lord and giver of life who will convict you of your sin, who will show forth the Son of God and His righteousness as your only righteousness. He will bring about your faith, your trust in God alone. Not any trust in yourself. And that's the Holy Spirit's mighty work. That's the greatest miracle of all miracles. That we rebels would be called saints. So, no matter what excuse one gives to sin and to reject God, whether it's rejecting the messenger, whether whether it's you know some sort of reason that's so much smarter than God's word or whatever, it's wrong. But if one does believe and is forgiven and is likened to Christ as his follower, and even through testing and trial, it's all by God's grace. It's all by God's grace alone. It's God's doing only. To God alone be glory. In his name. Amen.